Shall we just pray before we uh, start? Lord, we thank you for your presence with us here this morning. We pray, Lord, that you will um, open our hearts, our spirits to you, to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. So <clears throat> today's International Women's Day. I was told this morning by my wife. She sent me a text, actually, to tell me. <coughs> and... Uh, quite fitting actually because we're doing a theme now this month on, on women out of the Bible, um, particularly mothers out of the Bible, so it's quite fitting. So a big high five to all you women out there, if you're sitting there, well, you can high five them. Uh, where would we be men without our women folk, hey? Who would do my meals and washing? I mean, <laughs> I jest, but uh, yeah, so I think I jest anyway. Um, so thank you, uh, women. So, um, this morning, this year is 2020, okay? It's 2020. I don't know if you knew that. No, okay. Then. And I want to talk to you about um, something to do with, when I heard 2020, I thought, what a, what a marvellous year, 2020. It's got something about it, hasn't it? And here you go, 2020 vision. Have you heard of 2020 vision? When you've got 2020 vision, you've got perfect vision, apparently, and you can fly aircraft and stuff like that. And uh, anybody here got 2020 vision? No, can you see me? <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um, and so that's something, when, when we had 2020, it made me think, and I thought about 2020 vision. And I thought not just about the vision we normally see, but about the spiritual vision that God can give us. You know, Paul says, uh, who, who, who had an amazing experience on the road to Damascus, didn't he, and, and had his vision changed. He says, he, he says I pray that the eyes of your heart may be opened. And elsewhere he says, uh, do not fix your eyes on what you can see, but on the unseen. So there's a whole realm of our seeing, which is not just a physical seeing, but seeing in a sense in a spiritual way. Seeing with spiritual eyes. Seeing as if you were looking through the eyes of Jesus at the world around us. And I think that's really important in our lives, that we we can see in this way uh, because it will help us to see things and see people maybe differently. Now, a while ago, I went to the opticians uh, to have my eyes tested and because uh, I couldn't see them very well. And, um, and they put these contraptions on your eyes, don't they? Like, like, I don't know what they are. And then they say to you, uh, uh, put lenses in and go, is it better with this one or with this one or both the same? And I go, I don't know. I don't know. And I have a panic attack thinking, if I get this wrong, I won't have the right glasses. And they go through. And I... Anyway, the upshot, the upshot was uh, I got cataracts. Can you believe that at my age? I got cataracts. And uh, I don't know if you have anybody here had cataracts. And anybody had the operation? No one's had the cataract operation. Oh, my life. My worst experience, nightmare ever in my life, that was. Um, I, didn't, I didn't actually didn't know what they did, and um, I foolishly Googled it before, before the op. <laughs> Can I say, if you're ever going to, for an operation, do not Google before you go. Okay. So, so I get there, and, I'm, I, I, and I saw what they did, and I'm nervous. I'm, I'm, I'm squeamish, I've got to admit that. I don't like needles, blood, or anything like that. I'm very squeamish, and I'm very nervous. Kate went with me, she was getting tired. And, and I'm sitting there, and there's about 10 cubicles sort of thing, and I'm, I'm, I'm in the end one. 
And, and this nurse goes over to a, an elderly gentleman in the cubicle opposite, and, and, and he says to her, uh, who is the doctor performing the... And she told him the name. He went, oh, no, no. Oh, she says, what's the matter? He says, oh, I had him last time, and he really hurt me. He really... And I'm thinking, what? What? <laughs> and she says, oh, she says, and she says, you'll, you'll be all right. He says, oh, no, no, he really hurt me. He really did in that sort of voice. And, uh, and, he, said, she said, and he said, he gave me an injection in my eye. And I'm going, what? Nobody, an injection in my eye. And she says, oh, no. I'm he says, and it didn't work, and he had to do it again. And he really hurt me. And I was, by now, I want him to go, you know. So when the nurse came round, I said to her, um, I said, how, how do you do the anaesthetic like? Oh, and she says, we put anaesthetic drops in. I thought, oh, thank you, God, thank you, Jesus. Um, it wasn't an injection, because I was really scared it would be. Right up to the point, I kept asking her, you just drops. And um, anyway, uh, where was I? Yes, so <laughs> something to do with vision. Um, Anyway, I was last on the list, so I said, well, can I go for a coffee? It's Warwick Hospital, I know it very well. I says, uh, and she says, yeah, as long as you're back. So I went for a coffee, and I'm having a coffee sitting there, and people are looking at me, like, I'm thinking, what's wrong with you? What are you looking at, mate? And uh, you don't have any trouble with me, mate. And I was reading, I said, why are people looking at me? And when I went back, and, and I, I went to the loo to wash my hands, no coronavirus then, but, and, and I looked in the mirror, and there was a great big black arrow on my head <laughs> where, where I'd forgotten, she'd got like a big marker and marked a big arrow on my head, basically this eye was going to be the one to be operated on they're very technical in the NHS nowadays so thought alright person, anyway um, where was that, so I had the operation, I wasn't going to go into that for another sermon it, but it, it was horrendous um, and, and I saw Kate, Kate came to me, and, and, and when I saw her, this is exactly what I said, this is, I said, wow, and she said, what? I said, your eyes, they're so blue, and for, I could suddenly see colours, proper colours, and everywhere, all the colours, the flowers and the sky and everything was all vivid, I could actually see again, because when you've got cataracts, it's like a, a fog in front of your eyes. But when you can see, oh, man, it, it's just an amazing uh, thing. Uh, and I guess that's probably what I want to say about spiritual seeing. We can see, but it's almost like having cataracts. Like, but when you see with God's eyes things, man, it all becomes vibrant. It all changes. The reality of it is amazing. So I think it's really important. So we're going to just do a look at a little case study this morning of Sarah. She's the first one we're going to look at this morning. Sarah, who was married to Abraham. So hopefully you may have read the story. Um, <coughs> it picked up where God comes and, and calls them uh, to a new thing. But before that, a few verses before, um, it says that Sarah was barren. That's the beginning of the narrative of the story. She was barren. She was labelled as barren. And then we come to the call. Oh, look at that. It's like magic. The call. So, originally, you know, um, 
Abraham and his wife and family with his dad, Terah, they'd set out from Ur to go, to go to Canaan. And they went so far. And they came to a place called Haran. And there, they must have liked it because it says they settled there. They, they settled down. They didn't move on any further. And it's often out of our settling being in a place where we're comfortable, in our comfort zones, that God often calls us out of that place. I want to ask you this morning, have you settled? Is your current situation, would you say, well, I've kind of settled down, Mick, into, well, life's okay, I've got everything sorted out, I've got my life planned, and I've settled down into my little comfort zone of life? Have, have we settled down? Have we settled spiritually? Yeah? I've just thought of this. The Pope, Francis, says during this time of Lent, he says, switch the tellers off and open the Bible. When was the last time we really read the Bible with interest and let it speak to us when was the last time we really prayed when was the last time we really sought after God thirsty for God as it says in Psalm 42 I think you know as the deer pants for so my soul thirsts for you the living when was the last time that happened for you and for me yeah have we settled down well they'd settled they thought that's where they were going to make home. But God had other plans. And he calls that couple out. And he speaks to Abraham. He says, I'm going to take you to a new place. I'm going to bless you. You're going to be the father of a nation. Imagine that. Wow. And they're called out of that place. Sarah, I think, is amazing because she trusts Abraham. Because you imagine the conversation that, I don't know how he spoke to Abraham, but he says, Sarah, God's spoken to me. He's called us to a new place. He's going to give us a promise. And we're going to be the father and the mother of a great nation. And she says, fantastic, Abraham. Whereabouts are we going? He says, I don't know. Because God's not told me yet. She had to trust him in the call. What an amazing lady that she was and is. <clears throat> But after the call of this, after the call, when we hear God speak to us, and, and it may not be to a missionary in Africa or whatever, but it, it's whatever our calling is, whatever the next step is, the next feeling of God. And you feel elated, you feel fantastic. Wow, God is speaking to us. I remember 20-odd years ago when Kate and I was in uh, Nottingham, and we felt like God was telling us we're going to move. We're going to, you know, you, you've settled, you need to move on. And so um, we put the house on the market and people said to us, we're, oh, great, where, where are you going? I said, I don't know yet. <laughs> oh, I said, don't know. And some of the people thought was, we were a bit nuts or whatever and others didn't. But um, it took us 18 months of praying, of asking, of me saying to God, for goodness sake, God, will you tell us what's happening? 18 months. And then one day... God spoke to me, as it, well, I felt God spoke to me, and told us to come down to Stratford-upon-Avon area. And I didn't tell Kate. I thought, well, if, if it's God, he'll speak to Kate. And um, 
And he did later on, didn't he? He, he, he spoke to Kate. And, and of course, I'm in the car with Kate one day, and I said to her, um, where do you think then God's leading us to? And she says to me, it's obvious, isn't it? It's obvious. I thought, oh, great, okay. Um, and I told her what I felt about And we moved down here, but it was a journey. It was a long journey. And then we get on to the next phase of this, which is the walk, which is what Abraham and Sarah had to go on with because you've got the call you feel the call of God and you're all excited and but you think you're going to go from here to there quickly and it's never quickly it's always a journey it always takes time and within that time I've got to say I think this this for me is the most important time because it's the time when we make all the mistakes yeah it's the time when we have the challenges it's the time when we have the opposition. It's the time when people build walls and you think, I can't go through this. It's the time when we doubt that God ever spoke to us back then. This is a very important time. It's a time when we make the mistakes. It's a time when we make bad decisions uh, in our lives. And <clears throat> Abraham and Sarah were no different. They made some silly well, we, look, we read it and think, why did you do that? He told his wife, for instance, to say, don't tell people you're my wife. Tell them you're my sister. Because if they think you're my wife, they might kill me and take you to be their wife. And she went along with it. You know, she trusted Abraham uh, in that as well. But God rescued them. As each obstacle came, God rescued them and showed them and started to open their eyes spiritually to what God was doing in their lives. So this is a very important time. So <clears throat> just to say, we all make mistakes, don't we? Yeah? We all make mistakes. Yeah? It's okay. It's okay. God's not going to stop loving us. God's not going to stop blessing us. God's not going to punish us. It's okay. God lives with us. God changes our mistakes and turns them into good. And I think he does that to show us how good he is, how amazing he is. And it works compassion and love in, in our lives. <clears throat> if, um, if you think about people who have made big mistakes, I've seen countless people who, for instance, have been in prison, found God in prison, and they come out... And they want to help people who've been in the same situation. People who've been in drink or drugs or addictions or whatever, they get straightened out, they find Jesus, and then they want to help people. So our mistakes, God can use them and does use them. So I just want to say it's okay if we make mistakes and bad decisions. And Sarah, I think, got to a point where uh, she's 10 years into the call, and she's still not got a child. God said, I'm going to make you the father and mother of the nations. But she's old, even older now. She's about 70 odd, you know, and, and past it sort of thing for childbearing. And I think she must have thought, you know, this is never going to happen. I've lost sight of the call. It's never going to happen, right? And here is the thing. This is, this is the issue. We then can revert to what I would call DI, being DIY God. DIY God. Do-it-yourself God. I know this myself because 
I find myself, one of my giftings from God, so don't blame me, it's God, is, is that I can kind of make things happen at times. I can initiate things. It's what I do. It's what I'm kind of good at or gifted at. I can see something, well, this is good. We'll, we'll kind of make this happen. Then I step back and let other, lots of other people get on with the hard work. Michael will tell you that. Um, he's nodding. So, but, but that's, that's where I'm at. But, but your gifting can sometimes be your weakness as well. And um, I think like Sarah must have given up. She must have thought, this, this isn't going to happen. And, and she goes into DIY God mode. And what, what she's, she does, she's, she comes up with a good idea. Do you know what? This isn't going to happen with me because I'm barren. Yeah? It's not going to happen. So I'll tell you what, I've got a great idea, Abraham. You go and take my servant girl, a younger girl, and uh, you can have a child with her. On the face of it, good idea. Abraham, I must have thought, yeah, we're in here. It's fine. This is amazing. This is. I can have an heir and have my wife as well. Good idea. And it wasn't a very good idea. Uh, as you read the chapters, it led to all sorts of problems and issues. Uh, <clears throat> and so that's just one thing we need to be careful of, of not going into a mode where we, we try to be God by sorting it out for God. But now we come to the good bit, really. We come to the exciting bit, which is the transformation. The transformation of Sarah. And um, we, we go to chapter 18, if you read the story, and there's an amazing story there where um, by that time they've got, a, they've got a boy, they've got a guy, Ishmael, yeah? He, he, has a, he has a son, uh, Abraham, with, with Hagar, uh, the servant girl. He's about 13, 14 years of age now. He must have thought the promise is through him. You know, sweet. Everything's wonderful. Everything's marvelous. Sarah, living in my barren state. But then God has other ideas. And it, it describes three mysterious men come to the tent of Abraham. Uh, we don't quite know who they are, they could be angels or whatever, but they're certainly special because when Abraham sees them, he realizes they're special. He calls one of them, my Lord, and he says, come, sit down, I'll, 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 I'll get dinner on, you know, sit down. And uh, he goes to Sarah and he says, right, you know, put some food on. And so he lays, uh, lays a meal out and <clears throat> during the conversation, the one he calls my Lord says to him, uh, where's Sarah? And he says, oh, like we say, she's in the back. She's doing stuff in the back. He says, oh, well, I just want to tell you, this time next year, she's going to have a son. She's going to have a child. She's going to have a son. Now, Sarah, she's eavesdropping at, at, at the back, listening to the conversation. And she basically has a laugh. And she thinks to herself, you're having a laugh, God, aren't you? You know, <laughs> you're joking, aren't you, God? She was, she's nearly 90. She's nearly 90, so we can forgive her, can't we, for, for having a laugh at God's suggestion, I'm going to have a baby. I was talking to this about with Kate's mum, actually, who's 88, and I uh, was saying, just imagine, just imagine, you're going to have, and she's like, oh, don't tell me about that. Anyway, but what she did say, you know, which is interesting, she says, you know, going back to her day when she was younger, the big thing was, she says, to have a son, you know? She says, oh, there's a lot of like, pressure to have a son. She had two daughters, but 
Uh, and so I said, well, I told her about the Abraham story and Sarah and stuff. Where was I? Yes. So, so, so Sarah thinks she's sorted it. Abraham thinks they've sorted it. God's got a different idea. And he, and he says, so you're going to have this child. And indeed she does. And can you imagine the transformation within when Sarah becomes pregnant? Can, can, can you... Yes, I know. Can you just imagine how she's feeling right now? You know, all the Bible study in the world won't help, but when God does something within us, man, that changes everything. The eyes of her heart are suddenly open to see the incredibleness of God with this child inside of her. And she's transformed, and we can be transformed too. The eyes of our hearts can be opened too as we allow God to do that. Finally, my wife, finally, you see, the transformation is all about how we, we see ourselves as God sees us. For me, the reality of is, Sarah was never barren. She was never barren. She had a label put on her. You're barren. Other people said, she's barren. She adopted that label. She called herself barren. Through the, if you read it, I am barren. She believed something that wasn't true. God never, ever, he never, ever said to her, Sarah, you're barren. I might change things, but you're barren. He never said that. Do you know what he said to her? He said, I'm going to give you another label. Your label is mother. You are going to be a, you are a mother. God never told her she was barren. Sometimes, you know, I think we, we put labels on ourselves. We label other people, you know. You're a failure. You're no good. You can't do this. I could never do that. I've messed up in my life. It's just a label. But you know, God does not see that label. And as we open our eyes, as the eyes of our heart are opened, as Paul said, I pray that we can see ourselves as God sees us. Yeah? Maybe we need to change some labels on, in our own heart, in our own lives, and begin to say to God, how do you see me, God? Because that's your true self. Okay? That's your true self. Let me finish with uh, that reading. I can't because I've not got any glasses. Oh, there Thank you. You can see. Why don't we pray? And as I read this, let this, let this word of God permeate your heart and speak to you. It says, this is Paul speaking, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be opened in order that you may know the hope 
to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. I pray that the eyes of your heart will be opened and we know the hope to which he has called us. Lord, help us today, I pray. Help us to open our eyes spiritually to see. I pray, Lord, that if we have stuck a label on ourselves, maybe other people have or we have ourselves, I pray, God, you will help us lift that off and we start to see us as you truly see us, as a son and a daughter of the living God. Pray also, Lord, if we've settled spiritually, physically, emotionally, if we're settled in our ways. I pray, God, that you would disrupt us out of that and you will call us to this amazing hope that each and every one of us are called. Thank you, Lord, for your love today. Thank you that we are a child of God, forgiven, washed clean, and holy in your sight. Amen.